Welcome to the Digital Transformation Show by Blurt, where we unpack what it takes for SMEs to transform their business through technology, leadership, and creativity. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to this episode of the Digital Transformation Show by Blurt. Today, I am joined by Stuart, who is the founder and CEO at Blurt. Stu, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Alex. Always always a pleasure to be on the, the Blurt podcast. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. So today, we're going to go over kind of a big, a big thing that happens in digital transformation. In fact, I mean, at the end of the day, I think digital transformation is all about problem solving. So that's our topic today is problem solving. So how do we solve problems with clarity? Maybe well, let's open up with that, Stu. That's right. Today, we're talking about problem solving and um, digital transformation as a problem solving tool. I guess the first problem to articulate is that not all digital transformation works in the way it's intended to work. And and that's a problem. In fact, this, this is a really scary statistic. Forbes actually published a piece of research last year that articulated 84% of digital transformation efforts uh, failed. So that, that's a that's a phenomenally high statistic of failure rate. Now we all always, I guess, say in in, uh, in in digital and strategy that that failure is a good thing because it tells you what not to do. But I think still that's that statistic is way too high. And uh, let's let's talk about maybe maybe why that might be high, and let's maybe try and make sense of the problem. So today we're going to talk about problem solving and really a framework to. To help understand problems, I can't believe that failure rate. And I really, I really do just kind of want to get down to like maybe why? Why is the failure rate so high when it comes to digital transformation? Well, well, I guess I can't answer uh, objectively why it might have been so high in, in that research. But I have a, I have a, uh, a, a gut feeling, a, a guesstimate as to why it might be uh, so high. And, and and I think it comes down to the way we approach problems. And if I think about projects that have worked really, really well that we've been a part of, and and to be honest, some projects that maybe haven't gone where uh, both client and and consultancy thought it would go, I I think it comes down to how we understand the different types of problems and how we put in place actions and activities to approach those problems. And that's where I think the break is out there in the marketplace. We think all problems are equal. In fact, not all problems are equal. So, so I think in, in that we need to attack the, the different types of problems. Got it. Okay. Well, yeah. So every problem being a unique problem is interesting, but I'm curious how we, you know, how do we attack problems with the context of digital transformation? How do we attack them that way? Well, in, in digital transformation, we're, we're approaching the business and we're saying, how do we move this business into more digital maturity for the purpose of improving efficiency or revenue acceleration or opening up new markets? So we're effectively, every time we approach a digital transformation action, building an app, changing a business process, digitising a process, uh, anything in that space, we should be solving a problem. And that problem should be really clear. And we should have a really clear problem definition statement. 
our problem is this and if we fixed it, this would be the solution. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. And so when we attack the digital transformation journey, two things we often do is, um, one, uh, assume that all problems are equal and, two, um, then try and solve all problems in the same way. And, and this is where this is where projects fail and we're, we're why breaking projects down into smaller bite-sized pieces of defined problems is actually a very healthy thing. So does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So we're going we're gonna to lean on a framework developed by a gentleman called David Snowden who came out of the late 90s uh, in, in knowledge management and management theory and, and he developed a framework that I think is fantastic. It's really simple to understand, and it's a sense-making framework to understand problem types. And uh, Dave Snowden, or I think he's a professor, Dave Snowden, developed this tool because of the problems of problem solving. And and I think if we if we think about how we can best solve a problem and we best solve a problem by best identifying what type it is, then we can start to apply the right types of actions to the right type of problem. So I think uh, let me start to explain that and try and relate it to, say, some of the things we typically see in, in digital transformation. The... The, the framework is called Kinevin, and I, I think I've pronounced that correctly. It, it's actually spelt uh, C-Y-N-E-F-I-N. And uh, for the linguists listening, that's actually that's a Welsh word. Um, so as we know, um, the Welsh language, beautiful language, but I think it has 3,000 consonants and zero vowels, uh, uh, maybe one vowel, and, and, and always a, a difficult way to get, get your head around. So Kniven, I think, or Kniven is, is maybe the, the way to, to pronounce it. It simply means um, habitat or place, and, and it's about understanding how problems fit together. When we have problems in the workplace, in, in business, um, those problems will be one of these types, and how we identify that type and respond to it is, is going to be completely aligned to how effective we are at solving that problem. The other important thing to note is often when we kick into projects or roadmaps, we group different problems together and we apply the same project methodologies to different types of problems. So this will make sense once you understand the sense-making framework. So why don't I, I jump in and, and actually explain it? How about that? Yeah, let's jump in. Let's, let's do it. So... Dave Snowden articulates four types of problems and those four types of problems are simple or, or obvious. That's, that's the first type of problem. The second type of problem is complicated. Um, the third type of problem is a complex problem and the fourth type of problem is a chaotic problem. And, and he would group those those two sets, imagine a classic matrix, uh, obvious in the bottom right, complicated in the top right, complex in the top left, and chaotic on the bottom left. And he would order uh, those four problems on two sides of the matrix. On the right-hand side, uh, ordered problems, and on the left-hand side, unordered problems. 
and and that's um, one of the big categorizations of the, of the problems. So, if we begin to explain, okay, let's let's maybe talk about about different types of problems and and let's work through a problem for each of these four to explain it, and then we'll talk about maybe how we how we actually apply these in business. So. A simple problem or an obvious problem is a an ordered problem and one of the most common problems we, we come across every day. And it's a type of problem that is best understood as something that's simple that could be solved through maybe a best practice. So um, that any of us could actually do. And, and so a simple problem can be something like... Um, how do I use, um, how, how do I turn on my computer? Um, that shouldn't be a complicated problem. That should be a simple problem um, that is solved by following um, some simple best practice uh, steps. Uh, flip open the laptop, uh, press the power button. Um, you don't need to be an expert to do that. That's a simple problem. Another simple problem might be um, how do I find the phone number for my local pizza shop, okay, you could uh, you could jump on Google and just search it. That's a that's a simple problem. So simple problems we tend to very quickly make sense of. We can categorise them into very simple responses, and then we can respond appropriately uh, because we already have almost predefined answers and predefined steps um, to solving those simple best practice problems. There. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. That's an easy one. And in business, maybe a simple problem is customer service. How do I answer the phone? You answer the phone by saying, hi, welcome to Blurt. This is Stuart speaking. And uh, versus 10 different versions of answering the phone. And, okay, there's a really simple best practice problem. Um, so the that takes care of um, a lot of our problems. Now, if we move around the matrix um, and let's move up to a complicated problem. A complicated problem is different from a simple or, or obvious problem in that we, we work through the problem in a slightly different way and the problem is, is actually solved with what we'd call some, some expert knowledge. So... When we think about a complicated problem, um, Professor Snowden actually talks about this is the domain of, of the expert. So it's, it's the domain of where somebody who has expert knowledge can actually step in and solve that problem. And the way they would solve that problem is they would look at it, they would then analyse it, and then they would respond. And... And that's, that's slightly different to a best practice problem where it's the domain of best practice where you're going to look at it, make sense of it, categorise it into, well, this is a best practice, this is how we solve that, and then we respond. And, and we're really saying the, the difference here is that analysis comes from an expert and that expert provides an answer and therefore you can respond. So a good example of this might be... Um, I'm on an aeroplane and the, uh, I'm, the, I'm the co-pilot and the flaps don't go up or down correctly 
and the pilot says to me, why aren't the flaps working? And I'm an expert. The first thing I'm going to do is pull out the manual that um, will take me through the steps to solving the problem as to why that flap won't go up or down. And um, that manual really couldn't be read by the normal layperson. You would need to have significant training to do that. But if you follow the steps, you'll work out in a linear fashion where the problem is. And so the expert knowledge can move through a set of steps through the analysis and can then respond and say, okay, if we do this and then this, that's going to fix the problem. And so that's that's the that's an it's a domain of the expert. It's the domain of where uh, a level of expert knowledge can can solve that problem. Does that does that make sense? It does. I'm curious what happens if you're and this might be a silly question, but what happens if you're not an expert and you run into complicated problems? Well, um, if you're not an expert and you run into a complicated problem uh, and you have made sense of it to go, okay, this is a complicated problem that needs expert knowledge, then your first decision is to say, do I get an expert or do I try and solve this myself? And right. So this What's is the best use of resources it, in that in that instance. Exactly, and and this is I guess where wisdom starts to play, uh, you know, a, a role. Um, if I have a problem with my car, um, I'm going to sound very unmale right now, and uh, and so well, you know what I'm I'm I pop the hood on this car, but to be honest, underneath that hood is mostly computer te- technology. I really don't know what to do if something goes wrong. So am I going to attempt to do that? Um, no, I'm not. Um, I'm going to call an expert and say, hey, why doesn't this thing start? What does that flashing light mean? Now, what I could do um, is I could actually see the flashing light. I could go to the car's manual. I could read the, the, the legend on the flashing light and I can go, oh, okay, that's telling me it's this issue. That issue I can't resolve myself through best practice by putting oil in or pumping up a tyre or doing some other function, they would be simple best practice problems. I would go, okay, this is an expert problem and typically in your car manual it's going to say, call your service provider and and they will then solve the problem. Making sense? Right. Yeah, no, I think that's kind of like an art form in and of itself. Cause I, I bet you anything, it's a lot easier for a founder or a leader of an organization to think uh, that they want to spend their time solving an expert's problem that they're not an expert in. But what you're suggesting is that you treat it more like, uh, you know, if your car breaks down or if you need to go see a doctor or whatever it is that, you know, normal daily things that you we hire experts to do for us, um, we should apply those same things to our business. And not, I, I, I have to imagine, though, that founders all the time don't hire experts and they try doing it themselves and they end up losing resources that way. A hundred percent. Yes. And so um, often in, in business, we're like, ah, I really don't want to spend that money. I'm going to try and solve this myself. And, and two things can happen. One, you can actually solve it. That's, that's possible. And you grow in knowledge or two, that expert knowledge really is, is actually of value. And therefore you, you need to actually spend the money on it and you don't solve it and you make the problem worse. And and so <clears throat> making sense of it, determining that it's a complicated problem 
analysing it with expert knowledge and then responding, which is the way you respond to, to complicated problems, solves the problem. But if you make sense of it, determine that it needs expert knowledge, trying to do the expert knowledge yourself without that expertise, you can actually move the problem to the third type of problem. And that's a good segue. The third type of problem is a complex problem. So, and, and now we're moving onto the side of the matrix that is unordered. So the right-hand side of, of simple or obvious problem and complicated problem is, is the ordered. And, um, and best you can best articulate those visually. I, I see these visually on the ordered side. If you imagine dots on a page, they actually are linear in fashion. The one dot moves to the next dot, moves to the next dot, moves to the next dot. And, um, and so there's steps to follow, best practice steps or expert steps. However, when you come to the unordered side of the matrix and we've moved into a complex problem, imagine those dots not as being linear but as being random dots on a page. Some are connected and some are not. So a complex problem is a problem that has interrelated variables, some connected, some not connected, and unordered. Now, this is the, the difference between complicated and complex is, is so big, and this is where we often get it wrong in business. We cannot follow necessarily a linear, complicated approach to solving a complex problem. If we try and apply a complicated problem-solving approach, so make sense of it, analyse it with expert knowledge and here's the steps to do it, and we have these unrelated or partly related other variables that are affecting the outcome, well then as we start to apply expert knowledge, those other variables change. And as they change, they affect the other variables that the expert's changing. <laughs> and, and so ultimately you change one thing and four other things change. You think you're solving that problem, but actually you create four other problems. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. Yeah. So a really good example of a complex problem on a grand scale is, is actually something like uh, climate change, where there are so many variables at play, you change one variable and there are many other variables that are interrelated. And you don't always know if we change this, what will happen to that. They're complex. That's often why um, uh, weather and atmosphere, the, 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 the climate ecosystem is described as a complex system. It's, it's a, and so complex systems, they require a different approach. And, and so the approaching complicated, which is the ex domain of the expert, sense, analyse and respond, is, is different to the way we approach a complex problem where we probe, sense and respond. So the, the domain or the, the complex space is actually, it's the space of innovation. Uh, it's the space where um, business experiments um, uh, testing, ex experimentation thinking, hypothesis thinking is the most appropriate way to approach those types of problems. 
and we should approach those problems with a hypothesis saying we believe this and are looking for that, let's test it. And as you test it, you get a response. Um, as you probe it, I should say, you, you get a response that you can make sense of and then you can respond appropriately. So in a, in a business setting, an organisation setting, often um, we have complex people working on complicated systems trying to deliver best practice outcomes. And so uh, when we try and glibly use phrases like um, oh, digital transformation is just about people, process and tech, um, well, what you've just said there is digital transformation is about complexity, complicatedness and simpleness, uh, if I can put it like that. And, and so we... You know, we, we all run around and talk glibly about, uh, well, just get your people, process and tech in line and it's, and it's going to work wonderfully. Well, no, it's not. And, and I think the reason why 84% of digital transformations fail is because we put people, process and technology in the one type of problem solving. And, and we embark on projects, we being the industry, the marketplace, and, uh, and make these big assumptions and don't break them down and say, okay, okay, what, where are the complex problems? Where are the complicated problems? Where are the obvious problems? And, uh, and as you start to make sense of those problems, you actually start to de-risk your approach to solving those problems. And the worst thing we want to do... <clears throat> Is, is solve um, one type of problem with a different type of methodology, which will only make the problem worse. So um, let, let, let me just uh, quickly summarise where we're at. We've, we've got three types of problems on the table. We've got the simple or the, the obvious problem, which is solved by making sense of, categorising into a best practice response and then responding. We've got the complicated problem, which we make sense of, we analyse and we analyse through expert knowledge and we respond with that expert recommendation. We have moved then to the complex problem and, and those first two are ordered problems. Now we've moved to unordered. A complex problem um, where we probe, we hypothesise, we experiment, we innovate and we make sense of the responses of those and then we respond. And that complexity, that approaching complexity, uh, can then, if we, if we can't solve those problems quick enough, then those problems move into the fourth type of problem. And the fourth type of problem, once again, is an unordered problem, is a chaotic problem. So uh, now we're dealing in the realm of chaos. So a great example of a, of a chaotic problem, uh, what do you think, Alex? You know, something like a, a gas leak that causes craziness to ensue in your house. It's a chaotic problem <laughs> that you can't identify right away, but before you know it, everything's messed up. That's right. That's a good one. That's a really good one. In fact, um, emergencies are good examples of chaotic problems. A, uh, a gas leak, an explosion, a bomb goes off. Uh, a um, something requiring emergency response, and and so the way you solve a chaotic problem is definitely not with um, best practice or simplicity. Definitely not with going out and interviewing three experts, and definitely not 
with um, probing and innovation. All those three things will see that chaos unfold into more chaos. But the first thing you do in chaos is you act. You contain the first thing you can. And as you act and contain, you make sense and then you continue to respond. So earlier I talked about dots on a page representing these types of problems. And on the ordered side, um, uh, a simple problem might be one or two dots in a linear fashion. A complicated problem might be a series of dots you know, interconnected in a linear fashion in a straight line. A complex problem might be a set of random dots that some connected, some not connected. A chaotic problem is just random dots everywhere with no connectivity going off at any individual time. And that's a good way to, to visually understand these types of problems. So the first thing we need to do is actually contain the problem. So emergency situations, the first thing you'll see first responders do is they'll move people away from a scene. They will um, provide emergency first response care. They will make the scene safe. They'll ensure that any treatments or actions they need to do are within safe areas and they're going to break the problem down into small pieces. So, so chaos is solved with those emergency actions of containing moments. So there's the four problems. If we think about, and if I just finish explaining the framework, um, problems tend to move from simple to complicated to complex to chaos. And imagine them moving around that matrix, but as they move around that matrix, they're also going down. So um, Professor Snowden often talks about a, a cliff between the, the simple problem and the, and the chaotic problem. You can't go from chaos to simplicity. Right. You actually have to move from chaos, often to complexity, to complicated, back to simplicity. So our journey um, to simplifying business often starts in chaos and from chaos containing back into complexity, back into complicated and moving to best practice. So when we think about digital transformation, <clears throat> we often approach digital transformation journeys and we group these different types of problems together. Sometimes the journey starts off in chaos and... Um, and we start applying expert knowledge and putting large documents in place, whereas the first thing to do is actually to contain emergency situations. Sometimes that digital transformation might be in the complex realm, and in the complex realm um, you can't design and forecast a large project because you don't actually know what problems you're solving yet. So if, if we break down some, some complex and complicated and best practice problems, we can do that really simply in a, in a business context. Um, let's, let's do that. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, let's, let's, let's do it. Okay, so let's, let's use a business example. Um, a, a great example of a best practice business problem um, is what email and productivity suite should I use? Okay, there's, there's, that's really simple. You've got Microsoft or, or you've got Google and that's the majority of the marketplace. Great, jump in, use one of those two. You're going to solve that problem right. of how do I communicate with customers on best practice. Simple, makes sense. Complicated might be, um, okay, uh, what CRM should I use? Okay, well, let's 
that's now we would say that's probably best practice, but um, in truth, that's probably a complicated problem. Uh, let's look at your business. Let's understand it. Um, uh, and and the best practice answer might be to well choose the market leader. The complicated answer would be okay. In choosing that, let's design that CRM to apply to the best practices in your business. So, so we'll put a linear function in place, and here's we're going to make sense of your business in how it works. We're going to recommend the right tools, and then we're going to roll that out. That that's a good complicated problem. A complex problem might be more. A complex problem might be more around, okay, um, we're looking at launching a new um, service or product. Um, how could we best do that? Okay, there's now a number of variables at play. Um, is that, uh, and, and, and the complexity of that problem starts to, starts to say, okay, well, let's test some things. Have we market tested? Have we product tested it? Once we've product tested it, um, what tools are we going to use to roll that product out? What are the options available to us? So that's more a complex problem. And another example of a complex problem could be what's the best HR tech to use for our people? Okay, well, um, let's, let's, uh, let's actually look at um, how we're managing HR. Let's look at the... the the, the ways we can do that. But you know what? Maybe let's test some software and some methodologies around what we would do with those people. So the minute you add maybe what's the methodology we're going to use or what's best for our people and you align that then with tech, you've got a complex problem. What's the best methodology to use with tech? What's the complicated solution to use or what's the best expert answer to that? So the, po- the point I'm trying to make here is <clears throat> sometimes you need to solve the complex problem first, what's the best methodology or best approach, and then once you've got that, what's our go-to-market strategy, etc., then the complicated problem makes sense to solve. It's a, it's, it's a way of, <clears throat> of, of, of then applying a system back to a defined problem answer. But when you try and solve both of those two things together, okay, that's when you have a problem. Right. <laughs> no, no, pun in, no pun intended. <laughs> because you're, you're solving a complex problem and a complicated problem at the same time with the same solution. That's when problems arise. So um, I, hope, I hope that makes sense in it does. some of the times. And then a chaotic problem could be, oh, gosh, we've... Um, made a really bad decision and um, we've launched into a new region or territory or market and that's cost a lot of money and sales are down and now that's causing a problem over here in this part of the business and and because that problem there, that's now causing another problem over here and, and um, now suddenly maybe culture starts to change and descend and suddenly chaos unfolds. Um, and so then um, a good example of a chaotic problem is something that happens to you or something that you cause yourself that suddenly means, gosh, we need to act quickly and, and respond because this is causing pain. So when we think about digital transformation and we think about people, process and technology, um, applying the right methodologies to people, process and technology 
is not about applying the same methodology. And, and that's the key point of this podcast. When you look at your business and you say, okay, I'm trying to solve this problem, what type of problem is it? Is that complex? Is there, a, is there an expert answer to that? Or is that a hypothesis that we should test through innovation? And, uh, and, and once you start to make sense of that, you can actually start to go, okay, well, if that's a complex problem, and, and here's the rub, maybe I can't actually put a number on solving that problem. I can't actually put a budget to solving that problem. All I can do is put a budget to potentially exploring how to solve that problem. And, 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 and as you do that, you take a very different context. And often what happens is we have a complex problem um, a defined budget gets put over that complex problem and then it's not solved um, or there isn't a clear answer and the project is deemed a failure and that, that's not right. Um, and this is why I think the 84% failure, right, failure rate occurs. If you got an answer as to, no, that's not the right thing to do, in a complex scenario, that's success. In a, co- in a complicated scenario, that's not success. So success is, defi- success is defined differently based on the type of problem you're working with. And, and so when we put the context of, um, oh, we got a fail in complexity and we go, well, that's a fail, well, no, we've not assessed that project correctly. We've actually got a success. When we've, but when we've put an expert into a problem um, and that problem hasn't been solved um, and it's a fail, well, that probably is a fail. <laughs> that, that expert should have, should have done the right thing. And, uh, and so then we, then we can actually um, make sense of the problems and the answers to those problems and we can actually align around those problems and we can put the right budgets, the right people, the right processes to them. Um, to me, I mean, that's a game changer. That's a game changer in, in knowing how to identify the right type of problem that it is that you're facing. Because if you don't identify the right kind of problem, just like you said, you're going to throw the wrong resources at it. And that, ha- like in my mind, that explains so clearly the, the failure rate of digital transformation. I think you're, if you're throwing the wrong resources at the wrong problem, you're not going to get a solution that way, you know? So I do, I think that's a game changer to see it this way. 100%. So, yes, and what do we do? We always get to the end of these podcasts and we say, well, what, what can a business do? What, what can you as a leader do in your business? And um, as leaders, our, our job is um, simple. Um, remove roadblocks, solve problems for our teams to uh, go out and do better work. As you're solving those problems and identifying those problems, ask yourself one of these four questions. Is this chaos? Hopefully it's not chaos. Is this complex? And it's possible that it's complex. Is this just complicated or is this simple and obvious? And, and based on stopping and asking those questions, you will approach solving that problem in a different way and, and start to look at those problems with that lens and then start to take action appropriate to that lens. And I guarantee you, you will have more success. 
I think that brings so much clarity to, to me and definitely our listeners. So that's that's going to wrap it up for this week um, for the Digital Transformation Show. But until next week when we have a new episode, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review to help spread the word about digital transformation. And as always, you can find us on Twitter at Blurt underscore loud, and you can ask us any questions you might have about digital transformation, and we'll make sure to get to it on an upcoming episode of the show. So until next time, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Digital Transformation Show by Blurt. Blurt.